Amen. Sheldon's going to share with us, this is kind of our final Easter series. We're looking, uh, the clip from the Jesus Storybook Bible was the Ascension. And Sheldon's going to be sharing with us from John chapter 21. And I'm going to read that to you now before we go across to Sheldon. John chapter 21, starting from verse 15. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which, by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Failure is something that I'm sure we're all familiar with, hey. Uh, I know for myself that I am no stranger at all to failure. I remember having finished high school and applying for different jobs and just hearing back no or just nothing at all. I remember applying for a job at a deli and I, I failed the job interview because they asked me what prosciutto was and I didn't know what prosciutto was. And I applied for a job at the reject shop and didn't get it. I was rejected from the reject shop. But none of that compares to my trophy of failure, Mr. Pizza Face. This here is a sincere attempt at artistic creativity. Even this morning, somebody asked me, did your daughter Edith make that? No, no. This was a sincere attempt at uh, a high school assignment for ceramics. And it's turned into a bit of a running joke in my family, how awful and ugly this thing is. It's my, my trophy to failure. But those kind of failures are pretty easy to laugh off, to brush off, to, to bounce back from, aren't they? But what is it that we do with the serious failures in life? What do we do with the real shortcomings that we have? Maybe the most serious of all, our falling short before God. What do we do with that? Even as Christians, we know that we are, still, we are saints who still sin. We're followers who fail. It's an important question. Like what do we do with that when we feel that life is, we've just totally messed it up? Well, thankfully, we've got 
in this um, text today a great story of failure and reconciliation. So it's important what do we do with failure, but it's also important for us to ask the question, how does Jesus see us in our failure? So if you've got a Bible with you, around you, have a look at John chapter 21, um, and we're kind of going to bounce around a little bit, um, not go verse by verse like we typically do, so it'll be good to, to keep on track with me. But um, So where we are is that Jesus has gone to the cross and he's died. He was laid in a tomb and three days later he rose from death and he's made these fleeting various appearances before the disciples. And now these disciples, there's seven of them, they leave Jerusalem and they head up north back to kind of where it all began, back to the Sea of Galilee. They return to what they know best and that's fishing, right? And so these seven disciples are out on a boat and they're, they're fishing or attempting to fish and Jesus appears on the shore and Jesus begins to shout instructions to them. Let down your net on the other side, he says, and they obey and let down the net on the other side and they catch 153 fish, it says, exactly, in the net. And Peter sees that it's Jesus and he gets his coat and he dives overboard and swims to shore to, to meet his saviour again. And Jesus grabs this, this fish and some bread and cooks up fish burgers for breakfast around a fire and invites the disciples to, to have breakfast with him. And it's beautiful, but don't you think that's kind of an awkward breakfast as well? Because the disciples and and Peter, they, they know that the night that Jesus was arrested, they know that the betrayal that, that Judas did in selling Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, that wasn't the only betrayal that happened that night because Peter, the, the guy who was meant to be the, the kind of leader of the, the disciples, he sort of sold Jesus out too, didn't he? He denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times, saying, I, I don't know him. I, I've never heard of him. What are you talking about? And so this, this group of, of, of men sitting around the fire, finishing up their breakfast, they all know that this has happened. So now we're in verse 15. They finish up breakfast and Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Simon, son of John. Now, you always know that you're in for a serious conversation when somebody uses your full name, don't you? So, Jesus doesn't call him Peter there, which means rock. He says, Simon, son of John, using the full name. He's got a question and he says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these other disciples do? You might remember that Peter has this arrogant, prideful side to his character. Peter was the one who said things like, these, these other disciples, they, they might fall away, but nah, not me. I will never fall away. And now look what's happened. He's made this big mess. There's been this failure. 
And Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these other disciples? And Peter can't even bring himself to talk in terms of comparison anymore. And he just says, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, well, feed my lambs. Now, in the time since the resurrection and and at this point, sitting on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus hasn't purchased a property and put sheep on them. He's not talking about that kind of sheep. He's talking about God's flock, God's people, the church. He's saying to Peter, "Take, take care of my people, take care of the church, serve the church. And Jesus asks a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And once again, Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus says, take care of my sheep. Serve the church, take care of my people. And then for a third time, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And that cuts Peter to the heart because Jesus asked a third time. In that moment, Peter must be transported back to that night when Jesus was betrayed. Maybe the last time that Peter warmed his hands over a fire. It was that night where he denied Jesus saying, I don't know him. What are you talking about? He did that three times and now Jesus has asked him three times, do you love me? He sees that Jesus knows all. He sees that Jesus knows his heart. He knows what he's done. And Peter can't defend himself. He can't do anything except throw himself upon the Savior and say, Lord, you know everything. You know all things. You know that I love you. And then Jesus says for the third time, well, feed my sheep. Take care of the church. Take care of my people. It's a beautiful picture of restoration and reconciliation as Jesus, um, by his, his words and by his mercy, undoes everything that Peter has done. But then Jesus says something that's kind of strange. He says, I tell you the truth, Peter. When you were young, you used to dress yourself and and you would go wherever you wanted to go. But there's a time coming when you're going to be old and you will stretch out your hands. And somebody else will dress you and lead you somewhere where you don't want to go. And John tells us there that he's talking about, well, he's prophesying over Peter saying, This is the kind of death that you are going to have. You are going to be crucified like me. Peter, you aren't going to die peacefully in your sleep, but you too will carry a cross. You too will be crucified. Now, Jesus doesn't say this um, to Peter to be mean. It's not a form of punishment like, you denied me and so take this. Um, This is to to show uh, Peter the the kind of death that he would have that would glorify God, that would display God's importance and, and beauty. 
And it's, and it's there to show the, the cost, the great cost that comes with following Jesus. And Jesus finishes up by saying, follow me. So that's the, that's the end of the, the, the text for today. But there's some big questions for us in here too. I see three questions for us because we too know what it's like to be a failing follower of Jesus. We too know what it's like to be a saint who sins. So three questions. The first question for us to ask ourselves, given our tendency to fail and sin, even as followers, the first question is, well, do you love Jesus? Jesus' question for Peter isn't, Peter, how could you have done this? Peter, what have you done? Why did you let me down? No, Jesus doesn't even address the surface level kind of um, part of his sin. He gets right to the heart of the matter and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And that's, that's for Peter's own benefit, for him to, to assess his own heart. Like, where are you, Peter, in, in your relationship with me? Because at the heart of it, all sin is a, a failure to love God properly. And so a question for us to be asking ourselves when we fail, when we fall short, is where am I up to with Jesus? If you ask a, a married couple how their marriage is going and they said just something like, well, we've been hanging around each other a lot lately because of this um, isolation business, the lockdown. We've been spending um, time around each other. We try not to step on each other's toes um, try to not make each other angry and do the right thing. Uh, that's us. Surely you would notice something missing from, from that relationship. You'd be asking yourself, where's the affection? Where's, where's the love? And I, I see that tendency in, in our relationship with God um, where, where we can be so concerned about only doing the right thing or I'm doing this and not doing that. I'm going to these places and definitely not there because I don't want to upset God and make him angry and that's the extent of my relationship with him. When what we see in this morning's text, Jesus asking three times of Peter, do you love me? The Lord wants your heart. He wants your love. He wants you. He wants that kind of depth of relationship. He wants your affection. I know that it's a sermon application cliche to say, okay, and now just go and read your Bibles and pray more. But, but given this, this time where so many things are locked down and, and being cut away and life is being simplified in a lot of ways, this is a time right now in 2020, where we have an opportunity to really press into, to know Jesus more in order that we would love him more, to, to spend more time in his word, that we would hear what he has to say, that we would meet him through his word and through prayer, that, that we would know and love him more. 
And so to ask that question, that first question of, all right, given my, my failure, given my sin, do I love Jesus? That's an important first step for us to ask. And if we say yes, we do love Jesus, that leads us to the second question, and that's, are you willing to allow Jesus to deal with your sin? Did you notice what Peter didn't do? When um, they're sitting down and having this, this breakfast and they all kind of know what's happened and what's going on. Um, and Jesus says, do you love me, Peter? And he does it three times very pointedly. Peter doesn't turn tail and, and run. He doesn't run, even though this is surely embarrassing as well. And shame rises up in him. He's in front of the other disciples. And so Peter doesn't run away. He doesn't minimize. He doesn't even defend himself or explain it away, saying, well, you said that it was going to happen. He doesn't do any of that. Um, all he does is just say, Lord, like, you know what's in my heart. You know that I love you. And he allows Jesus to do this operating work in his heart, in his life. I, um, I used to have a Subaru Brumby. It was the, the ute that I used to drive, 1989 vehicle. And um, oh my goodness, there was, I did not stay on top of the maintenance of that thing. Uh, there were weird sort of noises that were happening. Um, things would fall off or not work properly. And, um, and I would just minimize or just ignore it. I'd just kind of block out all the funny noises or whatever until it got to the point where there was this weird level of, of, of shame or embarrassment. Like I didn't want to bring it to a mechanic to have it dealt with because I didn't want to be scolded. I didn't, I didn't want to face that embarrassment. And eventually it got to the point where I was driving with a friend one night when every single warning light came on. It was like all these red lights. It was like the cockpit of an aeroplane. And we did real damage to that vehicle. And that got me thinking about our inner life, our, our heart, and how it's so possible for, for us to kind of be aware that something's not right inside of us there's a funny noise going on in inside of me inside of my life or um, this thing isn't really working right but we can have a tendency to just minimize or ignore and eventually this this sin can take such a place in our life where we we even feel ashamed to take it to the one place that we need to go and that's to the to the cross of Jesus. We can even get to a point where we say, I don't even want to confess my sin. I don't even want to bring it before the Lord because I'm so ashamed, even though that's the exact place that we need to go. Have you ever felt like you've totally messed up your life? You've, you've totally ruined your relationship with Jesus, that you've just blown it. You're wondering, how could God ever, ever forgive you because of what you've done? Do you see the, the hope that is in today's text? Like, we've got Peter, who spent all this face-to-face -face time with Jesus. He camped with him for three years. One of, the, one of the lead disciples, not even part of the 12, but part of the three. 
And, and Peter literally denied knowing the Son of God on the night that he was, he was needed, the, the night that he was arrested and, and sent to his execution. And yet, there is mercy, there is forgiveness, there is restoration, there is the healing of that relationship, even for Peter. Doesn't that fill you with hope? There's even hope for failing followers like you and I, that there's forgiveness for saints who still sin like you and I, and it's found in Jesus. For all who would be willing to allow their sins to be dealt with, even though it's painful and embarrassing, even though there's shame, Jesus lifts that off of us. Isn't that good news, friend? And so if we say, yes, we, we love Jesus, yes, I'm willing to allow him to deal with my sin, the, the final question that, that we must ask out of this text is, will I follow? Remember, right at the end of that passage, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. And that's a great invitation, isn't it? Follow me, live life after me. Obey me, do as I do, serve me and my church, serve my people. Be welcomed, Peter, into, into relationship, be restored, be healed. Beautiful invitation. And yet there's great challenge as well. Because the challenge is, follow me, no matter what it costs. And Peter, it's going to cost you greatly. You aren't going to die peacefully in your sleep, but in your old age, you will face the kind of death that I faced. It's costly. It's painful. And part of me thinks, how could anyone, let alone Peter, live up to that challenge? And what we've got to remember is that... Um, just in the very next book of the Bible, the book of Acts, we see Jesus ascend to heaven and send his Holy Spirit upon all who would believe. And so Peter is going to be able to say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you no matter what the cost, because he and anyone who believes in Jesus are empowered by God's Spirit that he doesn't have to operate in his own strength anymore, but he gets to trust in his Savior and allow God to work through him. And that's the only way that any of us could ever possibly say, yes, Jesus, no matter what the cost, I will follow you. No matter the hardship, no matter the suffering, you are worth it. I will spend my life for you. I will make God's beauty and importance, um, I will show that through the way that I live and if need be, through the way that I die. Because you, Jesus, are worth all. I love you. You've dealt with my sin and so I will follow you. The only way that Jesus could do this forgiving, restoring, um, healing, shame, guilt, lifting work is because he went to that cross. On the cross, Jesus took our sin, our shame, our failure, our guilt, and he bore it himself. And so when we see Jesus on the cross, he, the, the cross, it isn't a, a trophy to our failure anymore. 
like old Mr. Pizza Face here. It's not, the cross of Christ isn't a trophy to our failure, but it's a trophy to the victory over Satan's sin and death that Jesus has achieved for us. That we can truly, as, as God's children, say, we have victory in Christ. We are loved. And yes, maybe we're saints who still sin. Maybe we fail at following Jesus perfectly. But there is forgiveness. There's always forgiveness and healing and restoration. So the three questions. Do you love him? Are you willing to allow your sin to be dealt with by him? Or will you follow? If, if you're watching this morning um, or this evening on the live stream and you are not a believer in Jesus, firstly, hi, hello, um, but this is what the church is. The church isn't a group of good people. We're not a collection of already perfected people. No, we are a family of forgiven failures. That's us. And the good news is anyone can get in on this, even you. And so if uh, you would like to reach out to us um, to talk more about this during the week. We would love to hear from you and chat with you. If you are a believer in Jesus, this text before us today is a great reminder for us to keep on. Keep on loving Jesus. Keep returning to Him again and again to have our sins, our hearts dealt with and a reminder to keep following Him. I'd like to leave you with an encouragement from John chapter 10. These are Jesus' precious, precious words. He says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have that eternal security. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you would send your Son to live perfectly in our place, and to die in our place, taking punishment, condemnation, taking our sin and our shame, that we would have Christ's righteousness. Oh God, would you so fill us with your Holy Spirit that we would be followers of Jesus who say, yes, Lord, you know I love you. That we would be followers of Jesus who are willing to be honest before our Savior and say, Lord, like something's not right here. You need to deal with the sin in my life. And Lord, would you empower us to go out as servants and missionaries following Jesus with our very lives, no matter the cost. So, Lord, raise our affections that we would love you more. 
We pray this in the name of Jesus. The only way that we could pray to you, our King. Amen.